welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. And today, we got a Q&A. Is today Monday? Is this is airing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to give away a shirt. So, uh, you guys know the rules. If you want a tailored shirt, tag us on Instagram by taking a screenshot of this episode, post it on your Instagram story, tag myself at Cody McBroom, and tag at least one friend. If you want to tag a lot of friends, it might increase your chances of winning because it might hype me up a little bit. But tag me, tag a friend, post it on your Instagram story for me to see. We, I will take a screenshot and within a week, I'm going to reach out to you. And we're going to get you a shirt so we can get your, your name, your uh, address, your shirt size, all that kind of good stuff. And we will be sending you a tailored shirt. And before we get into the episode, a few quick shout outs to our sponsors, Giant Lifting. Head over to giantlifting.com slash, uh, there is no slash, giantlifting.com I don't know what the slash is. It's like slash hashtag TCM, I think, or something <laughs> like that. Um, but use the coupon code TCM10. It does the same thing. Saves you 10% off on your uh, fitness gear and equipment. Um, I'm actually getting ready to get some more stuff before the new the new building. So nice. I'm excited about that. I need another, uh, I need a, a real deadlift bar, like a real one that like actually has some, some slack in it. Um, you can never have enough barbells. Yeah. Even though they all look the same. Different colors. There's a lot of difference to them. Not even just the colors. <laughs> There's more to it than that. But I do like that we have all, what well, we have black, red, and green now from them. Yep. I'm going to get another color soon. I think I'm going to go with blue. Um, but giantlifting.com slash, uh, I don't know what it is. Use TCM10 as the code to get 10% off. Then head over to firstform.com slash tailored coaching method. I know what that URL is. Uh, tons of supplements, amazing products, and fast shipping. So head over there and get your products today. There's a link in the description of this podcast. And last but not least, tailoredlifeapparel.co. Head over there and uh, subscribe to our mailing list so you can get uh, announced for or notified for the next drop because we are a closed shop. So we have nothing coming out until mid-February. But if you're on the list, you'll get first dibs. you get early access to that drop, which we are calling the underrated overachievers drop, which is something that we are literally, technically it's pending, but nobody can get it, getting a trademark for, which I'm excited about because that's what we're about, the underrated overachievers, people that were not handed anything, but they will work their ass offs to get it. And that's what success is about. So tailoredlifeapparel.co and at tailoredlifeapparel on Instagram. Man, I am getting very, very excited about the new spot. Now yeah. that I like just you went there today, I did go there this morning on the way. I was trying to test out my. Uh, it actually took me a different route than I was expecting. Huh. It took me down this road and then took a right before the fire station, like that. The, oh yeah. Instead of going around, which I guess makes sense, but um, I had calls with uh, Coach Ashley on the team and the Bailey, so I was like, I'm just gonna drive and see see how long it is. 19 minutes from my house. Nice. Which. Probably like an extra five minutes from here. Yeah. Not bad. It's like the exact same from my house. Mine's like 20. Really? Yep. Damn. It's weird. Well, dude, it takes fucking I'm 18 12 of those minutes to get out of my neighborhood. That's very true. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I got to leave at a certain time to make sure I beat the bus. If I don't beat the bus, fuck. Forget it. Yeah. It's <laughs> so bad. Um, but uh, that and after purchasing damn near everything for the podcast studio, kind of just became more real. I'm like, okay, shit. Got the table, got the chairs, got the mics, which I'm actually really excited about yeah. those. Those are going to be cool. Um, new mics, not that these are bad, but the next ones are going to be even better. Mics, stands, table, chair. What else? Is that it? Stands? 
for the mics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Camera. Camera. Most expensive shit of all. Um, new camera. Now we still need, we just need those wall mounts. And then I need the soundproofing. I almost got those soundproofing panels, but they were, I think, like a foot and a half tall. It yeah. was very deceiving. Like, Amazon gives you those pictures, you know, and they look, like, big on the wall. Right. And then you read the dimensions, and you're like, those are small. Is this, like, a toy house? This so you're going to do soundproofing. That's good, man. Uh, just the panels, though. I'm uh-huh. not going to, like, it's not. So imagine if, like, uh, it, it's it, they're, like, it's almost like a, a canvas, like a picture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's. It's just solid soundproofing. Yep. And it's like the ones I'm lo- I'm trying to get ones that are like three, three and a half feet long, pretty wide. And then yep. we'll have like a few on each wall basically. Yep. Uh, it just, to me, it looks nicer, looks cleaner, but does the same job. Yeah. So. Love um, it. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. I'm excited about that, man. It's getting very real. I've been very asking close. people about, you know, how many podcasts they listen to per week, what, uh, how long podcast most people like listening to those 30 to 20 i would say it's in that 20 to 40 range yeah unless it's an interview that was the only some people responded to me and they said shorter unless it's with somebody else like a new interview because then it's hard to fit and i 100 percent agree yeah i wouldn't want to spend only 20 minutes talking to somebody that i've never talked to in my life it's you gonna know? be a challenge for you man you talk shorter you just ask less questions. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. So, but I'm, well, I'm that's very excited. The one question for the day, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> uh, well, if it, if it turns out that way, it turns out that way, but no, we're going to plan on doing three, three an episode. Um, and very soon we're going to be changing up some things. And, and right now you can expect the same schedule, but we are, we're very focused on 2023 becoming one of the best fitness and nutrition podcasts there are, you know, and I shouldn't even say, I don't even like to say just fitness and nutrition, but we're in the health category. Yeah. So, but, uh, all things, entrepreneurship, health, personal development, everything. So, um, as always, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be able to say head over to, you know, and then fill this out there because we're working on the site. But, um, for now, fill out the description in the description. We have a link, fill that out. If you have any questions, we want to be able to answer those. So make sure you fill out the question form. So we get your questions on the podcast. Um, but also if you have anything else for us, um, you can do that or you can just reach out to us, you know, Travis or Cody at tailoredcoachmethod.com. Give us podcast suggestions. We want to know who you want to hear on the podcast. We want to have, um, if you have good insights of what you would like to, to listen to more okay. or see more or promos you like, anything like that. Like we're trying to just take over. So please send us your suggestions. Um, but these are some questions, man. Let's get it. All right, question one is going to be: Should maintenance phases be? Uh, should maintenance phases or bulking phases look different for someone who used to be overweight and potentially has more fat cells? This is a really, really good question, um, and I think it depends on quite a bit, honestly. Um, so, quick science lesson for people: um, when we gain fat. The typical way the body gains fat is the fat cell grows. And then when we lose fat, it shrinks. So in that way, it's, it's almost, and this is, it's very hard because they've only, they haven't done many studies on body fat hyperplasia, which is something I've talked about on the podcast before, but we do have some rat research, which is still relevant. And if we take that rat research, what we can see is that if we rapidly gain body fat in a short period of time, then we know that body fat hyperplasia can occur. Hyperplasia, body fat hyperplasia is when we not only grow a fat cell. So instead of me gaining 20 pounds over the course of eight months and my fat cells just slowly but surely get bigger, then I'm like, 
before I know it, damn it, I got a, a beer meal I got to lose. You multiply fat cells. So although those fat cells can still grow, now we're getting more fat cells, which is why they say it can be, well, we can't say for sure it's why, but this is one of the reasons why we believe it's harder and harder to lose fat if you keep yo-yoing. So if you lose weight, gain it back, lose weight, gain it back, lose weight, gain it back, you could potentially be setting yourself up and shooting yourself in the foot because you're setting yourself up for more difficult cuts in the future, basically. And that's what we want to avoid, right? So if we can avoid rapidly gaining weight, then we could potentially avoid multiplying fat cells, which makes it more difficult to lose next time. Because I'm not just shrinking fat cells, I'm getting rid of completely, which we don't even know if you can do. So at that point, you might not be able to reach your maximum potential if that's true. Now, the hard part with this is that when you take a rat through a study and we see that, we have to multiply everything. Meaning... If this, you know, this mouse has like the artificial sweetener stuff is always what cracks me up. People, they give like a full diet Coke to a rat and it and, like it's got, gets all fucked up. And it's like, yeah, but that's like drinking multiple liters of diet Coke per day. Like, yeah. come on, nobody does that. I shouldn't say nobody. Some people do. But um, if you're not doing that, you probably don't have anything to worry about with artificial sweeteners. Same thing applies here. So if, if you put a, a rat through a study and they gain X amount of weight in a short period of time, well, you also have to uh, like multiply that time by what it's like for a human. Yeah. So if it's two weeks for a rat, is that, how long is that for humans? Is that two years? It's, it's a little bit different, you know, two months. I don't know. Um, point being is we don't want to rapidly gain fat. So the reason I bring this up is because they're asking, and I'm going to have to refer back to the question again. They're basically asking, is it more difficult? Should, should maintenance fit? Phases, phases be different. Or bulking phase look different. Right. So the reason I bring this up is because it kind of depends on your last cut. So when you um, when you cut previously, have you ever done this before? And you always have to wonder too, the longer somebody stays overweight or fat, do those fat cells become more difficult, more stubborn, harder to get rid of? You know, how did you gain that weight in the first place? Was it rapid? You know, if somebody um, was, was normal and then got shredded for a bodybuilding show and it just kind of messed with them for lack of better terms and they gained weight rapidly post-show and then they became overweight, that might be more difficult than somebody who's just always kind of been chubby and slowly over time got overweight and now we have to lose weight, yeah. right? Um, so it depends on a lot of that. It also depends on when you just finished cutting. So for most people, I probably wouldn't recommend going into a maintenance phase or a gaining phase too quickly if you just finished cutting for that reason. You know, we, uh, we answered a question recently of, is it necessary to have a maintenance phase after a gaining phase? Like if you go through a, a period of time trying to bulk or gain, do you go through a maintenance phase before cutting? And the answer is, then eh, there's some times where it might be necessary, but more for like the mental aspect than anything. Um, and for like more accurate metrics, but after a cut, I do believe you should go through a maintenance phase because if you go right into a bulk and you overshoot, you could go through exactly what I'm talking about here. And that's not necessarily just for somebody who used to be overweight. It's just for everybody who wants to avoid potentially having body fat hyperplasia. I think most of the time you're better off getting to maintenance, figuring out what that is, what that feels like, where that's at for you, and then sitting there for a little bit and then going into a gaining phase, um, especially if it's your first time doing it. And somebody like this, I got to imagine if they're asking this question, that's probably the case. Um, but in general, um, from a numbers perspective, I would say no. Uh, there's no reason I can think of that why a maintenance or a gaining phase might be uh, need to be different for somebody who used to be heavier overweight. Yep. Um, outside of maybe the psychological aspect, they might be more hesitant to gain weight on a consistent or quick basis because they used to be pretty heavy. If you used to be 
fat or overweight, it's going to be more difficult for you to accept weight gain as a positive outcome or goal. So you might need to be more uh, touchy and just finesse the process a little bit more so you don't gain too quickly and it just fucks with their head. And then motivation drops, consistency drops. That's not the goal. Um, But from a physiological perspective, I don't think we have any proof to say that, yeah, you need to do anything differently. Um, Once upon a time, people might say that insulin sensitivity would be uh, poor with that kind of person. But I think that's been debunked quite a bit um, because if you're not currently overweight and you are currently either A, in a deficit, B, lean, or C, strength training, your insulin sensitivity is going to be fine. And you shouldn't have any, any issue with gaining. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of any, any real reason. Totally. There's plenty of people who used to be overweight and now they go through gaining. I mean, I used to be, I lived my whole life chubby until I was a adult technically. I mean, yeah. 18, but yeah. that's a long period of time of just being overweight and not weight training at all. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I was fine. Um, granted I was young, so yeah. that definitely plays a role. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I in my in my mind too. I think that a big aspect of this, and and this applies to so many things, is if this is a lifestyle for you, I don't think it should be something that you try to figure out how quickly you can do something. Like I just, to me, I'm like, well, why not just take your time? You know, a lot of people. We talked about this with, uh, you know, Mike just shared that reel, and we were talking about reverse dieting. Half the time, that was like what I was talking about. Science shows with reverse dieting. Maybe you should just go quickly to get out of a deficit because if you take two weeks or two months, the end point's going to be the same. Yeah. But the reality is, is like if you do it in two weeks, you're more likely to overshoot your your uh, true maintenance calories, which means you're more likely to gain fat. You're more likely to have psychological sabotage because it's less motivating to gain that quickly. And you're more likely to have that body fat hyperplasia if you go too quick and stuff like that. So because all these more likely scenarios are there, why would you not just take your time? It's not harming you unless you just got off stage and you got to reverse quickly, of course, because you're unhealthy from being so yeah. lean. This is a lifestyle, so you should treat it like one. Go slow, just do the work, and be done, you know? Totally. Know, so Love it. Cool. We'll go to the next one. It is says, how long should a calorie deficit actually last? Just until you reach your goal, or is there an ideal time to from stay within? It depends. Um... In many ways, I would say yes until you reach your goal. However, there's just a lot of caveats. Um, I got I, I was on uh, uh, a podcast. I was getting interviewed on a podcast yesterday um, as we're recording this. And uh, one of the questions they asked at the end was, because um, it's like very gen pop people that listen to the podcast. And they were like, what, what are like three things that people can look out for to let them know uh, kind of like red flags for like influencers or like bad information online. And one of the things I said is like what you should be looking for is people who say it depends a lot and then give you really thorough answers because if anybody is giving you black and whites or saying it depends and then not following up with anything because they don't fucking know, those are red flags, you know? So you're never going to get a straight answer from me like that. But um, never. the <laughs> realistically, no. Um, honestly, it's one of the hardest parts about social media too. I feel like I... I struggle to answer DMs because I'll be like, okay, I got like a, a bunch of them here. I'm going to like kind of go through these. And then I get through a few and I'm like, God damn, it's, I got to take a break. Yeah. I don't have time for this because I just can't give them a fucking, it's even worse for somebody who just follows you because that's their impression of you. You know, like, it's just me just saying yes or no. Like I can't do that. Um, Why? You know, what's behind it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, my clients and team and people like that, they obviously know enough about me to know that I don't do that. But like people who are just 
just started following you. I had a quick question. I'm totally. like, this, this is not quick. Yep. <laughs> but um, anyway, the the ideal length, I always kind of give this random ballpark number um, of, I think there's two categories. Depending on the person, if I look at them, I can tell them 8 to 16 weeks or 12 to 24 weeks. Um, and yes, that's a 50% difference. So 12 or double that, 8 or double that. But the reason is because there's, there's always a slower and a more aggressive approach to take. And which one you go with depends on the scenario. Um, it's mainly personality type, but there is some good research that shows a faster start is actually better in a lot of cases because it creates initial buy-in at a higher level. It, it gets them more internally motivated. Um, and everybody is motivated by quick results. It takes, there's not that many people who accept and truly like embody uh, what's it? Uh, delayed gratification, especially when it's a new thing for them. So for me, if I am to embark in something new that's in fitness and nutrition or in business, like when I was setting my like 2023 20, goals, like I was not just setting New Year's goals, I was also setting five year goals because we just started Taylor Life Apparel and TCM has been around for five years. So I can say like I know what I've been able to build in five years, and I know that now that we've cr- creeped past that five-year mark it's the next five years is going to be faster and bigger because I can stack on top of that like Mm -hmm. the foundation is so solid it's just going to be so much easier to grow now but I also am patiently patient with TLA you know I can can go I know I want this to be in five years most people don't have that delayed gratification but I've been in business long enough now if I were to get into um, for example guitar I had zero delayed gratification on that. Yeah. I was like, fuck this thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these six strings are not my friend. Yeah. Um, so I think part of the reason, I think that's why like this research shows when people jump into a fat loss journey, if you get them to lose a good amount of weight in the first like four to six weeks and you kind of take an aggressive approach, they have that buy-in, they have that belief, they have the motivation, they're going to be way more consistent. And then you actually pull back and you focus on going slow and steady. So maybe you, you're aggressive and then you start taking like more of a carb cycling or a diet break style approach so that you're not just constantly dieting. But those first four to six weeks, it's like crash diet style. Like you just get after it. Um, and research actually showed people having better long-term results because of that. So depending on the personality type, we might go that route. So the timeline changes per person based on that. 12 to 24 weeks would be somebody who has more weight to lose versus 8 to 12, 16. But both of those scenarios are basically like, do we have a person that is ready to go hard at it at the front or somebody who just has to start slow because they need to ingrain those habits? Um, on top of that, it also depends on, like you said, your biofeedback. So I might say that based on science, based on research, the formula that we have, so on and so forth, it's going to take you 16 weeks to get you to your goal because we're trying to lose 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week. Um, and if we can stay on that 1% end, we'll reach your goal by 13 weeks, but that allows three weeks for um, vacation, diet breaks, whatever we need to implement in along the way, kind of that buffer range. Um, but if you get to 12 weeks and your biofeedback is shit, we might not go that far. Yeah. You know, um, at the same token, if you get to 16 weeks and you're like, man, I, I think I want to lose a little bit more. Because this happens a lot too. Like somebody loses, they say they want to lose 10 pounds and they do lose 10 pounds, but they still don't look as lean as they wanted to. Happens all the time. So if you get to that point, we might need to diet for another four to six weeks. So then we go, is your biofeedback fine? And they're like, I feel fucking great because I've lost body fat. I have energy. I'm good mentally. I'm motivated. Perfect. Let's go. 
Because there's no, there's no specific day. I mean, somebody who has 100 pounds to lose can be in a deficit all fucking year, and they will consistently get healthier throughout that year. You know, it's not until your body fat level is in a healthy range where the negative biofeedback starts to pop up more rapidly. Um, but even for somebody who has 20 pounds to lose, that could be longer than you would expect. So it, it all depends on how fast you're going. It depends on how much weight you have to lose. It depends on um, stressors in other areas of your life. So we can say... This person goes in a, the, like two people, um, let's, let's say three people, three people, they all have, they're all females, they all have 20 pounds to lose, um, and we're going to approach it from the same like percentage per week, because they're the same weight, have the same amount of weight to lose, they're all females, but one is going through menopause, that's another stress, that's a potential thing that might decrease the metabolism a little bit where we need to create a bigger deficit, person two is training six days a week CrossFit and has three kids. Those are different stressors. Person three is bodybuilding style training four days a week, sleeps eight hours a night, has no kids and has a great job that she can be flexible with. I don't need to diet this person as long because they're less stressed. Or I'm sorry, I don't need to diet this person as hard because they're less stressed. But I also can because they don't have as much stress. So I could push them harder and they would respond fine and they'd probably last longer versus these two people. I might need more diet breaks. I might need to not go as aggressive or I might be like, hey, we got to get aggressive like the menopause case, but we're going to stop in six to eight weeks, take a four week break and then get back at it. You know, so like it's so hard to tell. And usually what I try to do in regards of stopping a diet or taking a, a maintenance block, which could be like three to six week period of time, not a full like maintenance diet, but just we're taking a multi-week diet break just to like really reduce fatigue and try to reverse some of those negative symptoms. The way I approach that is to be proactive instead of reactive. Like I'm not going to wait until I get a check-in from a client and they're like, I'm craving everything. I can't sleep. I hate training. Like I'm not motivated. It's like, oh fuck. (laughs) Like we're in the deep water, like diet break, (laughs) hit the sirens. (laughs) Like instead I'm going to be like, Hey, like I'm starting to notice that your energy is getting lower. We're not progressing in the gym anymore. I noticed you got a little bit less sleep last week. We're going to take a diet break before things get bad. You know, you got to see some signs to know it's time, but if you see the signs and then you wait three more weeks and it's too late, like that's that's, just being a good coach. hundred percent. And it's the same thing with uh, deloads for training. You know, um, I, but you, the first round through with deloads, you got to test it. So like I have a client right now who we're starting to see those things. And she's got like one more week before a deload would be necessary. But we've never deloaded before because this, we haven't, she hasn't been a client for that long. So we're going to be eight weeks in before we deload, right? I probably won't wait eight weeks next time. But I didn't know how long to go before deloading because some people it's four, some people it's eight, some people it's nine, 12. Like you don't know, you know? Depends on how hard they push, their experience, yeah. all that stuff. So you got to test the waters. But um, with dieting, I think it's a little bit easier there. So how long it should be is, is kind of a combination of all the above. Like there's the general timelines, but those can be shifted depending on your individual situation as well as how aggressive you go. Um, and then on top of that, we also have to factor in um, when your body um, experiences the negative symptoms from the diet because different people, like there's nothing scientific about what I'm about to say because there's no science to show this, but I think different people have different like diet resiliency where some people can put them a deficit and they just, I don't know if it's a mental thing or if there is something physiologic going on, but they can just like go in that mode and they can just grind it out. Totally. There's definitely a mental aspect because like competitors, like there's some competitors that are like, I'm, I'm so hungry. I feel like shit. This is horrible, but I love this journey. And you're yeah. like, okay, dude. Like, yeah. But I've done that. Like, so there's a mental aspect, but I think there's people who can just handle it a little bit more. 
and we don't know who, which one you are. Yeah. You know. Do you always wait for a deload for the end of a block, or and or, and if you do, do you switch up the program after the deload, or do you continue the block after? Yeah, it depends on a couple things there too. Like, usually I wait till the block's done. Unless, like, in this situation... The alarm goes off. Yeah, exactly. I felt confident saying, hey, like, we got one more week. We're going to hit the threes on your compounds, three rep sets, like the heavy sets. I want to see where you're at there. I think you'll be fine. We'll see. You know, but, like, um, I'm pretty good at kind of sensing that. But, like, let's say, like, it was like, oh, shit, like, no, you're really, you're really struggling right now. We're just going to deload next week. You're going to get a full deload. Then we're going to hit the threes because mm. I don't want to miss out on that opportunity to see where your three rep maxes are. And then we're going to go into the next block. Totally. And usually the next block is where we change things up. Gotcha. Um, but some people, like this person, we had the rotation was an eight-week uh, mesocycle. So we had our compounds go, you know, nine, seven, five, three, nine, seven, five, three. So they cycled twice. But, it, you know, some people... I'll look at their progression and I'm like, I don't want to change your exercise yet because you're still progressing in them. And if we're just getting used to my style of training, like there's no point in me changing exercises. So there's an, a learning curve thrown at you. I'd rather, instead of going like the typical coach month subscription is like every month, new program. It's like, I'm going to give you a new program when you're ready for a new program. So we're going to progress you at the right time. Sometimes that's three weeks. So it's not even a month. Sometimes it's six, sometimes it's eight, but it's almost always if it's three, it's three and then a deload, so it ends up kind of being four weeks. And then if it's not, that it's usually six or eight. Depending yeah. on personality and personality and experience level more than anything. Totally. Personality being like, do they get bored quick? And yeah. then experience level, if you give me an exercise I've done a million times, I'm gonna progress quickly and cap it out quicker. Less of a learning curve. Exactly. Cool. All right, let's uh, get to our last question here. It says, how how do I stop over exercising? I'm trying to increase my calories, but I'm afraid of gaining weight. So, sh so I continue to train more and more and more. This is one of those ones, man, that like when you read it, it sounds kind of crazy and extremely obvious to solve, right? I want to, I want to, she wants to gain a little bit of weight, right? Is that what she said? Uh, or avoiding gain weight, sorry. I'm trying to increase my calories, but I'm afraid of gaining weight. Okay. So few things here intuitiveness if you're burnt out and you're training too much don't train so much if you are burnt out because you're under eating eat more if you are trying to eat more but you are afraid of the scale going up at all you're misunderstanding what happens when you eat more because you gain weight even if it's good weight calories are filled with many things but if you have more protein, it's going to do its thing and the rest is going to sit into your gut until it's done doing its thing and then it's, you're going to either poop it out or you're going to sweat and piss it out as, as nitrogen. Either way, it's not going to store as fat, so it's harmless. But it's going to sit in your gut, which is weight on the scale. Carbohydrates are going to fuel training. They're probably not going to store as fat unless you're really overeating. Um, and even then, most likely, it's because you're overeating carbs and fat and then you have enough carbs to support everything you need and then the extra fat ends up storing as fat. You're going to burn those carbs, and they're going to store as muscle glycogen before you do so. When they store as muscle glycogen, that is water and sodium being stored in the cell with the carbohydrates in the muscle cell. That is weight on the scale. So, like, no matter what, you can't avoid it. Even if you reverse diet perfectly, increase your exercise, and you, you, gain, like, you gain zero fat, you are probably still going to gain a little bit of weight because you are putting more food in your body. So, if I have, if I have a cup, right – and I have like a very small, small hole in that cup, in the side of the cup. 
and I fill that cup up, and the cup's on a scale, and I put more water in that cup, it's going to weigh more. Yeah. At least for as long as it takes for that water to pour out that little tiny hole, right? And that little tiny hole is probably going to be your energy expenditure. So if you pour water in this cup, and this cup fills up, and now the scale says you're heavier, but slowly but surely, that little hole is being pressed on because you have all this water. Well, guess what's going to happen? The hole's going to get a little bit bigger, and more water's going to leak out, right? Well, what happens when you increase your calories, especially with carbs? You get more fuel. When you get more fuel, you burn more calories. So that hole is your energy expenditure, and it's getting bigger as you increase carbs because as you increase carbs, you can burn more energy because you have more energy to burn. So with the exercise you're already doing, you're probably going to get more out of it because your hole is getting bigger, a.k.a. what you're, you're doing is getting at a higher intensity. Weird analogy that I just made up at the top of my head, but like no matter what, when you pour that in, even if you burn that fuel and that goes out the hole, like it's going to weigh more for a bit, you know, and it might stay heavier because if you keep pouring in, it's going to continue to be heavier, right? So um, you got to kind of just, you just got to stop. I mean, like it's, there's no right answer for this. I think that, um, you know, some people go to therapy. I've had, I have plenty of clients over the years that I've had conversations with where like, it's like you're beating a dead horse. Tell them exactly what you just explained. Every single week. And it's like, hey, like, and I will, what do you need to do in order to get to where you want to be? I need to eat more. Okay. What do you need to do to get to the place you want to be with your body? I need to accept a little bit of weight gain. Okay. What do you need to do to train harder in the gym? I need more fuel. Okay. What do you need to do to improve your hormonal health? I need more body fat on my body. Okay. So what aren't you doing? Yeah. All of the above. Why aren't you doing it? I have no idea. I'm afraid. Okay. Why? Right. And you just keep peeling the onion. Yeah. Usually what it leads down to is fear of judgment um, upon themselves and itself. It's projected. So you judge yourself for being heavier on the scale and then you project it on other people. Mind you, nobody knows what your scale says. You don't walk around with a name tag that says your weight on it. But you, for some reason, identify with a smaller version of yourself, whether it's because you are the leanest in your job or with your circle or you are a trainer or a coach or you're an ex-athlete or whatever it may be. You're projecting that. Nobody gives a shit. And that's the harsh part people fail to realize. Like, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody cares. Zero people care if I have abs. Not even my wife. Nobody cares except me. Right? And when I realized that, I don't really care that much. I like having abs. I like being lean. But if I fall off or if I'm not perfect or if I, the scale doesn't say whatever, like I just don't care nearly as much because at a certain point you realize, actually nobody cares. It doesn't make me a lesser person at all. It's just me, no yeah. matter what. And people have zero idea if I'm five pounds heavier than I was yesterday. Yeah. No idea whatsoever. So you kind of have to, like I think people like this, you have to like literally, you have to sit down with a piece of paper and like write out the whys. Like, why, like truly why do you care? And get vulnerable with it and, and really try to discover, like, what is it that is stopping you from just allowing yourself to eat more? Um, probably gain a little bit of weight if needed. Um, and realize, too, that, you know, exercise is like a, uh, it, it's, I mean, it's essentially like, I, I use the hybrid analogy all the time. It's like you're becoming a hybrid, you know, like, if you're a gas guzzler, like, when you first start doing a bunch of cardio, it might burn a lot of calories. But as you do more cardio, your body adapts. So you burn less through that cardio, but also your body adapts by downregulating other things. So your step count will go down. Your fidgeting will go down. Like, things you can't even control will go down. So you'll burn less calories elsewhere, and there's research to prove this, because you're doing extra cardio. So if they, they took two groups, and they basically have a high step count with both, or they monitor that and stuff. They gave some people step count, some people calorie deficit through calories, like food, and then some people calorie 
deadlifts that do cardio intentional. And the people who did the intentional cardio ended up down-regulating their steps. They, they ate more food to compensate with it because they weren't tracking their calories. Um, so they could see, well, they were eating, and then I, I believe it was reported later with the, the researchers rather than like me tracking my calories. Yeah. So I unknowingly ate more food by the end of each day because I'm burning calories through cardio. So it's, it's yeah, it, you're not getting anywhere by doing more and more of it, and you know that. So I think like... You know, this question is really, it's one of those things, there's no good answer. Um, part of it is you just need to hear a professional say the same thing that you know is true in your mind. And then the other part of it is you just have to do it. I think that a lot of people overanalyze processes and taking action, stuff like that. And it's, it's just doing it. Like no matter what it is, fill in the blank, the first time, the first step, the first move, it's always fucking hard. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. You worry about things until you do it and you realize there's nothing to worry about. You're going to be stuck in that shitty position. Yeah. So I, I really think, like, I hate that I don't have, like, some, like, system or hack for you, but it's just, you just got to do it. You got to probably eat more food, but you definitely got to stop exercising so much, especially if you're eating more food. Like, that's the crazy part is if, if I'm eating more food to reverse diet, to have more flexibility, to have more, but I'm just constantly bringing up my, my movement too, like. You're contradicting. You're completely contradicting. You're defeating the whole purpose. So. It's, you're never going to get healthier if you do that Boom. because the things you're going to get from eating more food are going away by training more and more and more. A yeah. little bit, fine. At this point, too much. Totally. So you just got to do it. Damn. That's it. All right, cool. Remember the giveaway? Yes. Screenshot, tag at Cody McBroom, tag a friend or five or ten in your story. I'm going to screenshot it so I have your info. I will reach out to you. We will send you a shirt after we get your size in your mailing address. Um, make sure you leave a rating and review for the podcast if you enjoy it and leave us a question by clicking the link in the description of this podcast. We appreciate you guys listening and we'll catch you next time.